can't even deny we ain't even Essay narrate, it's good business Yet at the same time, it's all poop Ignore the fact of the central plan And regulation of overspending the money Britain and yet you dumb bitches Eating right off these bleaches Pulling trashes down, sucking dicks and believing The bullshit fed against ya The media lies, the government spreads The benefits are mute, the market is pressed The jobs are gone and the fee on the shit Increased deficits Yet the spending's in funding Meanwhile, your check to check But it's okay The politician will fix it Fucking idiots You deserve this shit While I divorce from society And escape real quick Work on the inside on what's restricted Countering with economics embracing The real market ignoring politics And realizing society is fucked So I forget Choose whom I associate with Conducting business on a voluntary basis And living happily tucked away from all this shit I'll choose the life of an actress Welcome y'all Welcome Generation Z And your transgendered Messed up psychology And your emotional Disparament to reality Welcome Millennials and Gen X Who have fucked the Gen Z Welcome, boomers, you entitled positive rights enthusiasts. And just so you know, Gen X, you're fucking welfareist. Go back to your trailer, you worthless garbage. This is the legacy, right? We're back, baby. And we're going to do our own thing. We're going to do a little differently right here. And this is how it goes because the future is bright and the future is now. And we are here to enlighten the future generations. That would be my two nieces. My little brother and sister. We're here to help them. We're help, here to help guide them into the treacherous waters of tyranny, of entitlement. Countless people. Countless people. And, and, and let's just put it this way. One of those things of the entitlement era that we live in is copyright infringement copy left non-infringement copy left copy right copy left whatever left right authoritarian so well what the difference is is your intellectual property doesn't really matter yeah as long as somebody can actually document and patent uh such like a corporation can patent your intellectual property as their own and puts you under legal parameters to where they own you, you are a slave. Yeah. This is a argument that's old as time itself, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Lysander cool. Spooner talked about copyright and how it's not really realistic because you can't copyright somebody's idea. There's no objective way mm-hmm. to prove it. No, you can't. You can't because an idea has to come from someone mind they have to create it they they create it after they think about it and yeah. how are you to decipher what is allowed and what can't be infringed upon when you're infringing upon someone else's mindset anyways in order to set up the the barrier that no so nobody else gets it i mean i'm all for royalties I'm not saying that you shouldn't make profit off of your own intellectual property. Everybody has the ability to do that. But at the same time, you can't control it because when you have these intellectual law property laws, these copyright laws, you are essentially giving power back to large scale corporations that are going to own the individual's creative ideas. Yeah. And that's what a corporation is built upon. A corporation is a collective of many different individuals coming up with different ideas, different creations, different innovations. So what? A corporation is a person now? Yeah, according to the uh, Supreme Court. But realistically, if a corporation is a person, then they had the original idea and they can file a lawsuit against you, but it takes more than mm-hmm. one person for them to process that. So how does that work? It doesn't. 
It's just positive rights. You got to steal from the you got to steal from the many in order to collectivize the few. Yeah. See, you can't scale as an individual against society, so you had to collectivize to scale. Yeah. And the more you collectivize to scale as a corporation, a legal monopoly established by the by the government, mm. the, as an actor that cooperates mm. with the government, the harder mm. it is for you to you, you keep your head above water and stay in the black. Mm-hmm. So that you have to hire cheaper and cheaper resources from outside company or outside outside uh, outside of your region, outside of your country. Slave labor. That's where you get globalization because every corporation wants a cheaper, yeah. a cheaper status of labor. And, uh, when you entitle a populace in the home region because you've made so much, where else do you, do you go from there? Yeah. Especially when you entangle yourself into the regulations that you create that implode it all in your home region, you kind of have to go elsewhere. And then you yeah. do get slave labor because you have to conduct business with other governments that have that are based in a region that have different cultures. And so you get American corporations utilizing slave labor in Chinese concentration camps via the fascist of the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, fascist. They're not communist. They're statist. But that's just how it goes. You do business with bad things, bad deals. You you make bad, bad deals with bad actors that enrich the bad actors and turn you yourself, your corporation, into a servant of the bad actor. Are we the baddies? Maybe, maybe. At one I point, mean, yeah, or are we the goodies? Yeah. At one point, we were just trying to live honestly, but. The more taxes they had to collect and the more they had to outsource their labor mm-hmm. and the more demand, mm-hmm. there has to be a cost somewhere, right? Well, I mean, uh, a Wild West scenario would be a better scenario in its decentralization process because you'd have mm-hmm. separate townships or, or se- separate divisions within the segment of society that can dictate how they want to live uh, as a, in agreement with one another, like take the yeah. wild Western history you actually had. And, and uh, especially since gun control is such a uh, big issue nowadays, take the wild West back in, in the late 19th century in towns like Tucson and even tombstone, you know, the, the, the okay corral story, um, yeah. which ironically the okay corral was a, uh, the shootout occurred because the ERPs were uh, issuing a gun control policy. That's it. Yeah. But you had towns like Tucson, Arizona, Tombstone, Arizona, the coast town. I think, yeah, I think you had even Deadwood up in the Dakotas. I think it was the, one of the Dakotas. Like a lot of these towns had aspects of gun control. Like you could not come into the limits of this society without turning over your pistol or your yeah. shotgun or whatever. And they basically, they would hold it in an armory and say, okay, when you go to leave, you've checked it in, you'll get it back when you leave. And it was, yeah. it was a, it was a way to check um, because you had drunk people. I mean, you have all these cowboys and on a, on a, on a cattle raid or cattle ride coming up into these cattle towns, especially in these cattle towns, especially in the Great Plains regions, that uh, you just didn't want shit to go off. I mean, they're going to blow off steam. They're going to get toasted, absolutely intoxicated, and you don't want things to happen where some drunk guy blows another drunk guy's head off because they're drunk. So what do they do? The townsfolk get together with their local leadership, and then the leadership passes ordinances in agreement with the town to say, hey, we're going to have no guns allowed besides the law enforcement apparatus. And it, for the most part, it worked. And of course, you have your pros and your cons. And then you had your true sector of the Wild West where you had nothing but chaos and people walking around with a gun at their hip. 
So, hey, I'm all for gun rights, man, but I really don't want to see some fucking redneck hillbilly motherfucking dumbass walk into the Walmart with a gun on his fucking hip. Be like, what the fuck do you need a gun in Walmart for, retard? I'll take the gun at my house, so if you do try to to kick in the door and come in, I'm blowing your head off. Castle law, bitch. But See, that's Walmart, why I'm allergic. I walk in the Walmart all the time with a gun on my hip. Mm-hmm. Even if they said it was illegal. Yeah, or against I mean, store policy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and on top of that, a lot of times, it all depends too. Most of the time, it's company store policy. The company's going to say, no. So why are you walking in? Like, um advocating for my second amendment right man fuck your second amendment right the constitution the bill of rights is guaranteed garbage you just want your side of the aisle to to make sure they have the majority so you get that right so you can start shooting a bunch of liberals and the liberals want their side of the aisle aisle so they can shut down on on gun rights so they can have the have the cops run in kick in your door and blow your head off so it's a win-win for both of you and a lose-lose at the same time but that goes goes in inside with with how uh, how these corporations act as well. They want to they want the wild west, but they're in the parameter of business and the market. But in they sort of fuck themselves where they no longer have the wild west here, so they have to go elsewhere. And in order to go elsewhere, they have to do deals with bad actors, which makes them even worse on because they're doing. They're doing bad things inadvertently. Let's be realistic. There's always going to be bad actors. There's always going to be criminals. Yeah. What you want to do is try to find a way to scale to mm-hmm. minimize the, the amount of conflict between bad actors and good actors, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and let's what, the- what, it, what being a bad actor is, is subjective. If somebody comes mm-hmm. in to a town that it's just established or a region that's just established like the old West mm-hmm. and they start doing business and it's the only business in, in within like 500 miles, you know, people are going to be dependent on that because it's just bringing in money. Mm-hmm. And then they say, well, we're not scaling like you're scaling. This isn't right. Mm-hmm. So we want to create a law to make you act how we think feels right. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's well, allergies. Well, take the uh, speaking of that, I mean, take the, the dispensary economy now, the marijuana yeah. industry that's propped up uh, since states have utilized their 10th Amendment right to divorce from the federal government and do what they do. I mean, look at how much revenue it's it's given the state. One reason why the federal government stays out of it, even though marijuana is schedule one narcotic and is absolutely illegal in this country in full. But the reason is, is it, it it allows for the federal government to save more on the tax revenue that they've already robbed from you to yeah. send to the states. They have more they can utilize more of your money on the federal level to send to Ukraine now because the states are making their own tax rev- revenue off of the marijuana industry. Yeah. That's why liberals wanted the weed, man. They want you stupid and then they want to allow the states to not take as much federal aid so the federal government can send more foreign aid besides just print the money. Well, I'm allergic to drugs, to be honest, but I look at it this way. Even if they made mm-hmm. it legal across the board, that would just made it, make it so that it was easy for me to compete against people who are marching and getting high off of weed. And that's the, that's the idea of like devices are not crimes and I mean, look, I mean, this is a vice. Yeah, but vices are not crimes, and, and you can't distinguish what is what somebody's going to do and what somebody's not going to do. So, where where do you, where do we go from there? Like, you can't tell someone you can do do this and not do that, and and it all be peachy. Yeah. So life is not peachy, unlike the album. Well, you know, this is a solution. This decentralized scales a thousand times better than centralized in every every mm-hmm. instance. Just like you said with the marijuana distri- uh, distributors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the the problem with government involvement and allowing, and this is statewide, obviously, 
and allowing the marijuana distributors and dispensaries to prop up is they're allowing monopolies just like what governments do because it's a form of control. And most of the revenue is not going back to communities. It's not going back to uh, benefiting uh, individuals and in other cities and townships and societies within the state. They're just going back into the pockets of whoever is embedded with, with the industry and with these companies that are being propped up. I mean, I think like recently Ohio, a couple of years ago, finally passed their medical marijuana law. And essentially they were, they, they didn't even actually the, the, they took it to popular demand, uh, direct democracy where it was a vote and the people in, in the state of Ohio, this is why democracy is disgusting people. The people, the majority of the people in the state of Ohio voted no on it. They voted no. The state legislature took it upon themselves to propose the bill yet again, restructured, restructured, in which the General Assembly in Columbus passed by majority to allow it to happen. And basically what it did was it gave the, the, the power of the industry to only a few companies that were allowed to start up. It wasn't like it was going to be a competitive market. It wasn't like they were opening up the market. They were only allowing a few companies. I think it was like 10, 10, comp- 10 companies to come in, um, growers, manufacturers, sellers, whatever. And they just controlled the market and, and, and send the kickbacks back to the government. So, and then of course you have the licensing fee and the taxes in general, especially within the consumption. So it's not a good thing when you have government intervention allowing for a market to finally prop up. When you have this government corporate partnership, that is what we term fascism. That is the government allowing certain business to uh, corner their section, their niche of the market and deal with the economic sector of everything while the government passes the regulations and then to control your life and steal your money, which is what the Nazis did. (laughs) Historically, fascism and Nazism were considered third and fourth ways, right? They were trying Mm -hmm. to find an alternative route for government government regulation of society. This Mm -hmm. narrow selection of individuals imposing their moral views on the wider audience instead of divorcing and creating their own country imposing their mm-hmm. worldviews in their own country they they feel like censorship and grandfathering is the appropriate way to resolve the pollution that they see in in their day-to-day lives mm-hmm. instead they you know more modern thinker, thinkers in the austrian school feel and and to some extent the chicago school feel that micronations is a better solution and that's what we like to mm-hmm. talk about here. Well, micro are usually the the places on this earth that truly protect your negative rights more so than anybody yeah. else because they're so small and there's really the population is is small and the go- which means the government is minuscule and they want to make yeah. everybody everybody wants to make everybody happy and they don't want conflict. So you go to a place like San, I, uh, I think it's called San, but you go to you go to a place like Ottawa with the big wall, the Ottawa. Yeah, but you go to a place Ottawa. like San, <laughs> you go to a place like San San Marino in in northern Italy, or you go yeah. to a place like Monaco, just on the just between France and I, I think Switzerland. It's border. It's weird. It's bordered by like Switzerland yeah. and Italy and France. I think. You go to a place like Liechtenstein or Luxembourg, which are both monarchies, by the way. Same with Monaco. Um, and you end up seeing that you could benefit so much by either moving your business there and then you yourself becoming a resident but not a citizen. Because a citizen yeah. would mean you yourself pay taxes, but you become a tax, a tax re- a, a non-tax resident. You move your business. You pay very little and, and, and if nothing at all with your business per tax and you yourself can just basically live there for a few months as a non-tax resident 
and become an expatriate with with the United States, which which essentially helps you because then you you pay less as an American citizen still being an expatriate, and you you're able to to keep your money for the most part, and thus having the means to actually live and be successful, you can do whatever you want with that money. And that means you can be selfish with it, or you can do what most people do with their money because you have excess of it. And that's give back. And most people give back in some capacity. They might be like Andrew Henderson and start a, start a company called Nomad Capitalist that helps people actually actively become a, a, a nomad capitalist and, and navigate sure. the treachery of, of tax uh, havens and, 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 and tax walls and invasion and all that. So they can be successful and be able to keep their money and go where, go where their yeah. rights are, are better. Go where they're treated best. Yeah. So, um, or you could, oh, yeah, yeah. Or you could be <laughs> like him, and it doesn't matter how you what how you think of him or not. But you could be like Warren Buffett, who gives most of his money to charities. I mean, which yeah. he does. As a, I mean, you don't have to agree with everything that he has to say. You don't have to. You don't have to like him. And and yes, yeah. he is an an avid don donor of the Democratic Party. I don't, I mean, fuck both parties, but he does give his money back for the most part. So, I mean, yeah. and uh, he's the one that is willing to pay a lot of, all of his money back in taxes because he's an idiot and he thinks the government will do, do what's best for all of us. But he does give his money back. I mean, you can start up charitable organizations. Even Bill yeah. Gates and, and his wife has have a foundation. I mean, there's some nefarious actions to it, obviously. Well, maybe not. We'll see what uh, what Melinda does now that they're divorced. Yeah, well, convenient that they're divorced <laughs> at the top of the market. But um, exactly. you know, on balance, you have people <laughs> on the balance. <laughs> on the on the on the on the balance, you have like Elon Musk who sits there and complains because he has to pay these taxes. When you know, in reality, he's called us money, and he's incorporated. And mm-hmm. he's partners with the government when he couldn't follow like Roger Ver's example and go to St. Kitts and uh, get citizenship oh, there yeah. and then get permanent yeah. residency somewhere else where it's mm-hmm. cheaper to do business. Oh yeah. That that's, way, that's he doesn't, a, that's he doesn't a, have. Yeah. That's another name I was, I, I said, I was about, I forgot to drop Roger yeah. Ver. I mean, he gets yeah. back all the, all the time with his, with his shit. So, yeah. and he is, he is definitely the epitome of nomad capitalism because he, has gone where he is treated best and then yeah. advocates for complete financial freedom with uh with the bitcoin sector bitcoin yeah. cash that it is amongst other people that are involved he's just he's just the most recognized name mm-hmm. um but it's you know also considering you know if you think think back to the legacy uh anarchists they say strike the root right peter Th- uh mm-hmm. yeah, david thorough Mm-hmm. The, the the deepest root you can strike is the dollar, the copyrighted, mm-hmm. manipulated drug dollar. If you just if you can break the copper if you can it's not really copyrighted but you know what I'm saying, the centralization well, it's, it's... of the dollar, then these these ideas and these projects like uh, the decentralized uh, marijuana dispensaries and stuff like that if they have alternative mm-hmm. options to uh, operate out of the dollar they don't have to follow regulations because it'll be extremely expensive mm-hmm. for the government to continuously launch and regulate businesses and so. speaking of reg- regulations and what may come after the aftermath of something uh ftx yeah what do you think about that actually well you know it, it, we're not speaking of the not, dollar and the yeah, regulations and all that. Yeah, and collapse. Water, water on the watering hole is that the uh, fed, uh, the trade regulations and everything are trying to help them get through blue balls. They mm-hmm. also donated to the Democrats, and you know this is just you know speculation and, and rumor and innuendo, but they're mm-hmm. also being, being accused of using the organization to launder money for uh, from. Uh, mm-hmm. It's supposed to go to to Ukraine, but it's going back in, mm-hmm. in, into the politicians' pockets. And that right there, everybody, is why we're on the verge of war with Russia. 
Ukraine is a money laundering scheme, mm. and it, like it, it, I mean, it all war is. It, it, all war is. That's all war actually is. But uh, that's the reason why we got involved in 2014 uh, with the Obama administration, and why we helped uh, lead a CIA coup to overthrow a government that was democratically elected to put an American puppet in the power. Russia got offended. They wanted their puppet in power. And now um, we're here in 2022 where Russia's been invaded. They've invaded. They're occupying. They're getting their ass beat or so. So they say maybe it's mm. a maybe it's strategic. a plan, a strategic uh, play, ploy, which I actually think that is the case, especially with winter. And I think Russia will launch some towards some sort of offensive from their protected boundaries as winter comes and the ground freezes. Yeah. But uh, the fact of the matter is, is war is a racket. Ukraine at the, uh, whether it's in, and whether it's Ukraine or Iraq or Syria, or I mean, Syria was probably the first uh, within our, our generation this past decade of the true money laundering scheme, because that was where the United States and Russia finally came to head. Uh, for the first time in a long time since the Cold yeah. War um, with Syria. I mean, war is a racket and, and money is laundered and and it is being recycled through the military industrial complex on all operations back into the pockets of politicians and bankers and industrialists and and uh, and FTX enthusiasts. It's a big club and you ain't in it. You and I are not in the big club, as uh, George Carlin once said. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that that because George Carlin is a he was a brilliant man who actually foresaw the future, even though he was a comedian. Yeah, some would say, as a you know, as a comedian who was moderate, he is more smarter than Dave Smith. Oh yeah, was, I just thought he was a prophet like Robbie the Fire. <laughs> Robbie the Fire is the prophet. George Carlin was the prophet. We got Dave Smith is the (laughs) Dave Smith is the Antichrist. Yeah. What do I think of Dave Smith? What do I think of Dave Smith? Uh, I watched his program the other day. It was he. You know, he fluctuates back and forth. He he does. He does. It's 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 a. I'm not. I'm not sure what to write on him. I don't know if it's all the work or if he's shooting for the fact that he might be a, what do they call them now, nowadays, a national conservative. So is yeah. he a libertarian or a, or a, or a nat, natcon, whatever the hell that means. So America. No, he's not baby. though, Bishop. So he's not. Uh, one thing about though, 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 is I mean, yeah. he he's definitely in with his ways. He's withered yeah. through his own own ways, and his perspective is is, uh, in order to force the the weaker side to capitulate towards George, in order for you to showcase the power, he's very Machiavellian on that aspect, mm-hmm. where yeah. you have to force the side through capitulation by gaining as much power. And if that means utilizing the enemy of your enemy as a friend and then take them out um, and then take from that within. enemy out uh, from within, um, that's how his approach is. I tend to say that doesn't work because that's never worked because eventually – because, I mean, at this point, like the libertarian sect of the partyarchy, they're weak. Like, I mean, when it yeah. comes to – voting you're pull you have you barely pull like a percentage on the national level um and god knows what you do locally depending on where it is on a regional basis but you barely pull a percentage on a national level when it comes to voters and if you're going to use these natcons that have propped up part of the republican party i Mm. mean who are essentially just fucking socialists um, it, it, plain and simple, they're socialists. They just have a different perspective of ha- of their socialism. It's going to backfire on you when you attempt to utilize them. So, I mean, 
Machiavellianism works for a mafioso-esque idea, but when you're actually advocating for liberty for all, you can't utilize the political scheme of a mafioso style of robbery. Yeah. Of, of extortion. And you're you're basically you're you're fighting a bunch of statists with a smaller group of stupid statists in order to destroy your party completely because they will be obliterated by the small scale statists yeah. who will end up absorbing with the larger statists that have wheel had they know exactly how to wield part uh, wield power. I'm sorry, the, the days of the Republican Party have ended. Like the Republican Party, we are on the verge of yet another political party um, beco- becoming irrelevant and dismantling, just like the, the Whigs of, of the 1850s splintering, and then out of, it came, out of it came a radical faction that became the Republican Party. Yeah. I mean, just like the Democratic Republicans back in the 1820s, that um, were splintered and became the Democrats, essentially. So we're at that realm again with the political party, and it's all a duopoly anyways. But the Libertarian Party, you fail. You fail because you, 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 you think that politics is the answer. You think that playing their game is the tools, is the main tool that you need to force the capitulation of everybody to confide to liberty for all. And in reality, you're just using the state to implicate more power so that your side ends up uh, attaining all the glory and your side has failed because politics is just the tool of the state. So that's just how it goes. Syndicalism is just a a fancy fancy form of collective identity. And mm-hmm. another way I like to put it is that it's just you're you're refining a drug to be able to to take. You're refining mm-hmm. ideas. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. A struggle yeah. session, as Michael Mouse would call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's but, that's where we have to be anti-politic. Yeah. I mean, more power to them. I mean, the more money they had to spend, the more the print, the quicker the the whole system collapses. Meanwhile, we're out here. I mean. Creating alternative mm-hmm. platforms and societies for people to uh, spreading yeah. ideas, and you know the the alternative options, it's working because the government or the the state all across the world governments are freaking the fuck out because they know that there are options out there and they know that they're being countered to to capitulation and they're trying and so you you see schemes like. The, the possibility of, of FTX being essentially a deep state operation. You're seeing schemes like that in order to enforce an implosion uh, of the crypto market so that the government can come in, re- over-regulate it, and hopefully dismantle it, which, <laughs> jokes on you, you can't. But, I mean, that is working because they're freaking out. And that's where we need to understand that politics doesn't work. And the Libertarian Party needs to realize that party politics is nothing like you have to work economically like the best i mean ludwig von mises said it best that the the and i paraphrase but the best form of democracy is within the market consumer choice that's democracy not this political tool the real democracy is within the market and 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 through society that is anarchy because yeah. anarchy is relationship and the market is democratized because consumer and producer choice. Everybody's a consumer, even when you're a producer. Yeah. Um, it's like the, we were talking about on Twitter a while ago with Phil Bishop. Mm. How can you put out a fire without burning yourself? Well, it's kind of like that. And that the more fires we create, the harder it is for them to escape the fire around them. Mm-hmm. They're almost taking that. It's almost yeah. like they're taking that that Samuel Adams quote, where like uh, you can. It all starts. What? How did it go? It started. It's, it all starts as a uh, as a fire in the mind and becomes a brush. Something like that. I, I don't know exactly yeah. the actual quote, but like a brush fire. But in, in yeah. but in essence, uh, when you start a when you when you go that to that level, 
And I mean, it goes to that example. When it goes to that level, there's nothing stopping the fire if you're going to constantly expand it. Eventually, the fire is going to destroy. Now, yeah. if the idea is uh, creation and destruction, and out of destruction comes a, a new creation, that's fine. But at the same time, we don't know if we can rebuild something new and better. So if you destroy yeah. what you have from within, you may get something worse. Like look at the Weimar Republic in the 1920s and the early 30s. Look what came about after that. I mean, yeah. the, the rampant money printing, the, 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 the disgusting non-existent economy – the, I mean, yeah. the worthlessness that it, it that entailed and the anger of a populace that led to just a violent insurrection of, of different competing factors that led to the rise of the Nazi party. Yeah. <laughs> and inevitably, the German right that became empire of Europe and led to war. Well, think about this way. <laughs> you know, in Europe, they they basically seize the engine of Germany, right? The way mm -hmm. that they manipulate they manipulated the contracts and and the the fees mm -hmm. and, and the amount of money they owed, it's mm -hmm. just completely in reverse. Around the world, there's continual growth of of uh, you know conflict and chaos, mm -hmm. and there's continual growth and calls for government intervention. While they keep printing money to to perform these actions, mm -hmm. not just seizing the the engine of one country, just seizing the engine of the entire world. And people are having an alternative card to jump into in the crypto mm -hmm. space and gold and silver. Legacy mm -hmm. ideas matching with new and fresh blood. Yeah. So Mount Gox, that's one outrage. You know, you got BitConnect, 2017, that's another outrage. Mm -hmm. FTX, all these different these different centralized organizations who the government had to go and, and operate against in order to resolve what they see as pollution, as injustice. Mm -hmm. You can't escape injustice. All, you're no. always going to have have an injustice in the world. There's good and bad mm -hmm. and bad and good. You have to be mm -hmm. able to balance between the two and scale and move forward. That's the that's universal truth. There's always a balance in between, and uh, you have to figure out where do you stand, and then you just have to ride with your own path. You create your you create your own path. You govern yourself. You go where you are treated best, essentially. Yeah. We always go back to that quote. You go where it's you're treated best. It's a good quote. Best. It is a good quote. Yeah. And Andrew Henderson, we love you, and we love Nomad Capitalists. Keep doing We'd like what to you're have doing. you on. We would love to have you on. So, <laughs> so, but but speaking of having people on, um, I think it's about time for us to take our sponsor spot. We'll be back in just a minute. Thanks for joining us and watching. Have you, uh, have you all ever lost somebody and uh, <clears throat> started rethinking your own life? Yeah. Have you, uh? started thinking when you're sitting there alone and your brain just starts wavering and uh, the impulses just, it, they just don't stop and uh, it withers you into a, a dark realm of wondering why there's just so many bad people that live longer. Yeah. Why is it that uh, that it seems like the good do die young? And I'm not talking. I mean, I understand there's there's uh young kids that die, like teenagers, young adults. They're typically they're dead because they're idiots. I mean, I knew a kid, and actually you knew him too, um, that uh, died in a auto accident because he was a he was a fucking retard when it came to his dirt bike, and. Yeah. I mean, he cut out in front of, of a pickup truck on a country road, and he he's dead. Okay. I mean, 
I'm not saying that the good dies young there because he was a fucking asshole and he was a worthless tit. But the the fact of the matter is, is uh, I'm talking like people that live to a certain age and probably could have had so much more to life. And they're now gone. And then for those who are able to live surpassed, surpassing 90, even 100 years old. Yeah. And many, I mean, how is that possible? I mean, because you, you can't, and you can't always say, well, genetics. That, that doesn't make any sense. Genetics, for most, I mean, you would, you would have, you wouldn't have an average lifespan of, of what, 78 years old in the United States. Yeah. So if it was genetics, then why are there so many people living to a hundred? Especially with the, the systems in place of today and, and the rampant welfareism and most people living off of absolutely nothing because of the wealth distribution scheme of say social security. Yeah. And yet a lot of those worthless tits are still living to be 98, 99, hundred years old. And they live off of nothing. They do nothing. And they didn't, it, it, it's not like they have all this numerous wealth that they were able to consume um, during their working life. Well, and then all of a sudden now they're also drawing social security. Yeah. Actually, most of them are literal worthless tits. Like they've sucked off the system all, their entire life. And now they're continuing to suck off the system. And then because they sucked off the system, they, uh, they're on a fixed income of 500 to a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Thank you, federal government. Right. My own dad, uh, um, you know, growing up, he retired early and he started rolling off the system and they were shocked to find out. Oh, so five, seven years later, he was still alive. They thought he was going to die. They even told him that. Now, is he still alive now? No. No. So, yeah, I mean, there's always loopholes. Yeah. And, uh, and it seems like the harder you work in order to survive, um, just to sur survive, maintain, and live, um, it becomes harder to sustain. Yeah. Even if you have the possibility of immutable wealth because you made good investments, most people that have invested worked for it. They yeah. knew how to invest and then they worked their asses off. And if they didn't know how to invest, they typically, and, and for those who had to struggle, they, uh, they worked their asses off. Yeah. And sometimes into the fucking grave. And then you have these collective individualists that, uh, think that they're just so fucking entitled that, uh, everybody needs to give them everything. Yeah. The system needs to work for them. And they sponge off of it and a lot of times they live a very long life, even though it's a fixed income. Yeah. And I, I think that's in that's that's the next topic that uh, I wanna explore on this second half of this latest episode. Um is the generational aspect of of this welfareist disgusting society that we've basically been forced into. Yeah. And 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 the differences in, in in generations and why a preceding generation helps influence the succeeding generation to be much worse. Like the boomers are entitled, but for the most part, the boomers also work for their own shit. 
but they yeah. influenced an even larger entanglement of entitlement for for their gen their generation of offspring, which are millennials. And then you have the Gen, the Gen X. X, which for the most part, especially the late stage Gen Xers, um, who literally just lived off the fucking system. They yeah. were the one first generation to truly live off of the expanded welfare system that, you know, the system that was put in place because of the war on poverty policies, the great society policies of Lyndon Johnson and his administration and that Congress in the 60s. The late stage Gen Xers are the true, well, to say it plainly, the true communist pieces of shit that, that we have today. They're the ones that think that they're owed everything. They live in a shithole. They don't want to fucking clean up after themselves. They're the hoarders. They're the trailer trash. They're the fuckers that are getting, that are committing the, the government frauds to get even, to, to extend even more welfare yeah. resources. And I mean, and of course that embrace because their generation of offspring is generation Z is what they're called. That's embracing a culture of Gen Z that is coming up that is predominantly even worse than 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 us millennials. Yeah, I mean, and it's just it's the it's the expansion of this social pollution that and this idea of of positive rights guarantees that have ruined any any positive idea of what society will be in the future. And that's why a lot of people have become black-billed. It's because of these these worthless welfares. Yep. I mean, I just, I ascribe myself as very white-billed because I think maybe there's a, there's a better future, but maybe we can come out of it. Maybe out of destruction can come, out of destruction and chaos can come something gloriously created i mean sort of like uh sort of like the, the creation story in the bible in genesis yeah um but i'm starting to kind of peel back and and see that society's fucked and there's way too much filth and we have eight billion people on this planet and about 300 and 60 million of them are here in the United States. What about 80 million in Canada and here in the United States and Canada, it's just all a bunch of fucking worthless trash. I see it every day. Just going to fucking work, just going to fucking work as a hassle when I'm leaving yeah. in the morning. Like I got assholes cutting me off and, and I, I say to myself, like, where the fuck are you going motherfucker? Cause you ain't going to fucking work if you're in that much of a fucking hurry. Because ain't nobody going to be in that much of a fucking hurry to go to a fucking wear shit fucking shift job that you have to be in at six in the morning. It's like, you motherfucker, you're just fucking in a drunken fucking haze just getting out of a fucking bar or, or coming back from your fucking boyfriend's house, you fucking faggot, after you did a bunch of heroin. I mean, half these fucking people are fucking drugged out of their mind. And I see it every day when I'm leaving for fucking work. And I swear to God, these people are just drugged out of their goddamn minds and going nowhere. They're just in a hurry for nothing. And they don't give a shit about no one. And they so have they no take, priorities. Yeah. I mean, shit, I got, yeah. And, and I even see it with these fucking truck drivers either, man. It's like they're on their road to nowhere either. It's like, dude, if you want, don't want to be a fucking truck driver, then why the fuck did you become a truck driver, you worthless fucking tit? You thought it was easy money? <laughs> well, that's funny now that you're fucking paying about $500 to fill up your tank because you're a private contractor. Yeah. Never, yeah, no truck driver has really ever, if you're able to work for a company, you, you made it. Mm. Well, you know, with uh, welfare comes job security for politicians. So, of course, it's in their interest to inspire and grow welfare. Of course. Of course. And I mean, we were talking about the, the marijuana industry a little bit. And 
why do you think the government wants wants to ensure now after all these decades of being of saying marijuana is this and marijuana is that it's harmful it's there's nothing medicinal about it. It, it. I mean, it's poison when, of course, you got this fucking shit, too. Um, and that's regulated. And now they're on this aspect of, of marijuana. Well, I mean, just think about it. A drugged out, uh, euphoric society that is passed out after they smoke too much weed can't yeah. do anything. So which means they can't they can't get these fuckers out of office. So they can control their, they can control and maintain their power, and they can advance the the welfare state, which they are a big part of as well. Because let's put it straightforward, any any public office, um, especially when you're a politician, is is a form of welfare. You're making money off of the public tit, like you are sucking off of the off off of the will of the of the working class, because the working yeah. class is paying for your your paycheck. Your tax, yeah. our taxes is your salary. Our debt is their salary. Yeah, debt. Even better. Even better. Yeah. Monetize the debt. Hmm. <sighs> it just keeps going, man. It doesn't mm-hmm. stop until, you know, how did he go bankrupt suddenly after, you know, how does the quote go? Uh, oh, was it quickly and then suddenly or something like that? But mm-hmm. this gravy train doesn't end forever. Yeah. And offering welfare doesn't help the poor. It only mm-hmm. inspires to, to help them grow. Mm-hmm. Well, I used the example of late stage Gen Xers being the largest purveyors of, of welfare as policies and are the true enthusiasts and advocates of positive rights. Yeah. Uh, the reason I say that is I have a couple examples. I uh, I knew a couple people. A lot of them was actually a friend um, 10 years ago. He was born literally, it, it was fucking weird, man. Dude was 10 years my senior, almost to the exact day, except for he was born in 79. I was 89. And like yeah. 10 years ago, I mean, he was an all right dude. I mean... If you, yeah, but, um, but he, he thought that, uh, his, per, his perception was that you should be taken care of. And he was not, he was willing to, to accept the, the fact that you can live off of the system while also, uh, living off of those around you that are, that you're like your loved ones that are there to lend support. And they can help you every so often when you need it. But he was he wasn't afraid to use those around. That's why we we stopped being friends. Like those around you that love you, the your friends, your family, yeah. your significant others, uh, that want to support you and 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 love you and 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 want to be there for you when you use them up to the point. Of, of nothing they want to sever ties and then what happens after you're done sucking off everybody else that was that were there for you there's nothing else and so that's where the government that's where the public comes into hand and that's where that's where you have these these jackasses going and, and, and living living the life off of the system and and and, and i remember him saying like he came from california how ironic he came from California, San Diego, and, and, uh, he always, he always told me, like, how great it is, like, to, to be, you could be homeless in that area and be very, very well financially off. sound. You could be well off. I mean, not only because, I mean, it's not bad to be homeless there on the sense that it's typically very nice weather. It's dry. It's nice and sunny. It's warm. So, I mean, you're not going to have the elements. So, I mean, for, so if you're going to be homeless, be homeless in Southern California. Yeah. I mean, where the weather catch is. Catch a train. Nice. Yeah. Catch, yeah. Catch or, a train. Head to, or head to Tennessee so you can live in a hotel room. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because it's happening. Nice and humid. 
It is. They won't have enough room. They won't have enough room in all the jails. Exactly. But but the but the fact of the matter is 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 he was not afraid to admit that he had his food stamp card. I mean, the one thing that he that he proved to me, like every day, like when we back when we was hanging, like we smoked pot. I'm a big old. I used to be a stoner, and uh, that's probably why I could stand the motherfucker because I was fucking drugged out of my mind, pot and pills. But uh, he he still had his California food EBT card, and he still had his California medical marijuana card, and and this and that, and and he he bragged about how you could be successful living off the system and it's like dude like that's not the life like you can't live off of the system what happens when the system collapses like what happens when you no longer can live as a leech when you can no longer parasite yourself you're gonna have to take care of your own self and so i mean that's just that's where there's a disconnect between between different generations in my opinion because different generations vary and even vary within their own same generation of yeah. of what it like what it's like to to be able to sustain and self-govern and uh survive mm-hmm. so just and that's why gen z room. yeah sorry oh, go ahead just a correction the quote i was thinking was Gradually and then suddenly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So, you can go ahead. Sorry. Oh, uh, I mean that's that's the reason why Generation Z and and if we're not lucky, if we don't start fixing the issues of today for tomorrow, that it will happen yeah. for the generation after that and after that. But that's why Generation Z is completely fucked, and that's why they're completely ignorant, and that's why they don't know how to do anything. But play fucking Fortnite all fucking day. I mean, maybe yeah. some of them know how to code because we live in we live in a society of, of the internet. You know, lock yourself in a in a room and, and watch fucking YouTube videos all day uh, learning how to how to code on the computer and, and get into that digital realm of, of computer sciences. But uh but the fact is is they're an internet culture. They're a video game culture. Yeah. They know nothing. They don't know how they have no no clue of 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 anything. They don't even have no basic needs of 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 how to take maintain your own automobile. Now me, I'm not mechanically sound. I'll have to go to my mechanic for like major shit, like with my with <laughs> with my gasket or my or or my transmission or anything or a or or a belt replacement. I'm yeah. not gonna fucking fuck something up. But I know basic shit. I mean, if I have to, like, I mean, if I mean, I can change my brakes. I can change yeah. my brake pads. Although most of the new cars, it's new. It's not really pads, so it's kind of a, a pain in the ass. So uh, I can change my oil if I wanted to. I mean, I can change a tire. These kids don't even know how to do that. Yeah. I mean, they don't even know how to cook for themselves. They don't know how to. They don't know how to operate a vacuum cleaner. Just a vacuum of carpet. I mean, just basic shit. Just I mean, just to just to take care of yourself. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, they they're never gonna be able to 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 afford anything, obvious for obvious reasons, and they're never gonna be able to attain the means of of financial stability, unless you have some of them that that are. Growing up in the in the crypto sphere and, and learning that exchange route, but and even then, they're still tied to the speculative idea of, of of the dollar market. So it's basically still the dollar to them. So they're just ba- so those who are utilizing the crypto sphere and in the crypto exchange, I mean, they're they're making their money and then they're basically selling it all off for worthless fucking fiat, and then boom, where the fuck are you at? It's like you don't know. Anything about anything, you just sit on your fucking ass eating potato chips in your mom and dad's fucking basement playing fucking Fortnite all day. Every so often, checking your Binance app to see how the, you know, or your Qcoin and, and seeing how, how the crypto sphere is going. Like, what, where am I? At? Where, where's my Ether at today? How's Litecoin doing? Luna fucking completely collapsed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, and that's it. Like you don't know how to sustain anything in your life. 
You don't know how to maintain. And then, and then millennials, man, you're fucked. You don't know, you don't know a fucking penis from a fucking vagina. I mean, really, you don't understand. You don't know. You think, you think that the whole world, like you, you think that, that, that we can, we can procreate by fucking each other in the ass. You fucking faggots. Everything will be all good. Well, science will take care of it. We'll 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 maintain the species. We'll just do it in a, in a test. We'll just make test tube babies. So uh, fucking women will will rule the world. Men will all die out, but somehow we'll we'll maintain the species. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I got my food stamps and my participation trophy. It's like, man, there's one thing my parents did, and I'm a goddamn millennial, man. You know what I did when I was in soccer? Because I, I, I remember the participation trophies when I was in soccer, <laughs> when I was in pastors, man. You yeah. know what I did to my first fucking participation trophy? I threw it in the fucking garbage. Actually, no, I take that back. The first one, I think my mom held on to it because I was six. Yeah. I didn't, but for me, I didn't fucking, yeah, I didn't fucking put it up. And the fucking shit went in the garbage. It's like, that it has no meaning. Okay, cool. I, I was yeah. on a soccer team. You know what I got the year later? That's why it ended up in the garbage. You know what I got a year later? I didn't didn't get a participation trophy. I got an actual fucking I, – I, I, played, I played spring soccer not even that far off. About three months after fall leagues ended, I did spring soccer. 